0: And good morning, and welcome to this first Friday of the month of April. This is Father Stosh Daily coming to you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, joined in the studios by Chuck Wilson. Good morning, Father. And we have a special guest. Satisfying and fulfilling and stepping in, covering, being called up from the bench for Joanne, who's a bit ill and under the weather, so we offer her prayers. But her daughter, Emily Jaminette, is joining us today.
1: Good morning, Father.
0: <laughs> now you're jumping from one radio station to the next, or one show from the next, <laughs> I should say, to so here at the Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We're joining you. And Emily's joining us, uh, stepping in, fulfilling uh, Joanne's presence here. And Emily, you were just on the radio on another show.
1: I I did. I was on the um, Sunrise Morning Program this morning. It was such a gift to be on their program, and we were talking about the promises of the Sacred Heart every single month. And we're on the second promise where Jesus tells us that he will bring peace to families. So we were discussing the scriptures and some even some strategies to bring peace and order into your home in seeking out new graces and even promoting the enthronement. So it was a great morning this morning at 620.
0: It's a good day to get the message of the Sacred Heart out, not only here locally, but across the country. As we enter into this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this first Friday of the month, Let us begin by turning towards the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck, throw out a reminder. Why are we here?
2: Well, our mission, <laughs> Father, and um, as we go into our second year now with the Sacred Heart Hour, and the mission of the Sacred Heart Hour is to promote the enthronement to the Sacred Heart of Jesus throughout the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, and beyond.
0: And we're tapping into that satellite mission here by having Emily. (laughs) We're bridging the coast here. Coast to coast. (laughs) Right
1: here.
2: And um, for those that have already enthroned their homes, it's going to be a great program today. Father, we're blessed to have uh, David Tay as our guest. And Dave is the executive director of the Michigan chapter, and he'll be calling in in a moment. Um, And his story with the Sacred Heart. But for those, again, our number is 614-459-4820 or go online to enthronements.com. And as we talk about this, Father, what is the reason? Why should people have their home enthroned? Where does this come from?
0: Excellent. It, It goes back right to the Lord. The Lord wants to enter into each one of our hearts, and the most powerful way He can enter into our heart and remain in our heart is by entering into and dwelling with us in our home. We oftentimes build this barrier around our lives where it's our house, our home, our refuge, and then the rest of the world. And we're so on guard when we're in the rest of the world, trying to make sure that we're successful with our plans, our schedules, our goals, that when we go home, we let our guard down. But it's right there in the home that we have to make sure that when our guard comes down, the Lord is the one who's our defense. The Lord is the one who's our refuge. The Lord is the one who brings us peace. And in the promises he makes to humanity, he offers all of those things and so much more. I mean, he says, like Emily highlighted, for those who bring my sacred heart into their home, I will bring peace to their families. What more could one possibly want in today's world where there is so much uncertainty, so many challenges? That when you enter into the home, to know that the Lord is there waiting for you, the Lord is there welcoming you, because you have welcomed him into your home. And to have his sacred heart, the heart that's been pierced for us. You know, here we are on this first Friday in the month of April, and we're coming. We're just turning the bend in Lent. You know, we're heading towards the home run plate right there. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity in this hour to consider some of how the heart of Christ is manifested in the season of Lent, especially in Holy Week. And to consider all that the heart of Jesus uh, pours forth upon us, and that's all available in our home every day, every moment of every hour, every hour of every day, to have the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ right there in our homes. Every single person needs his heart. In this radio program, while we highlight the practice, the ritual, the experience of enthroning, making Jesus our King, brother, and friend, in truth, the fruit of this hour is making known Those simple words, sacred heart of Jesus. It's a reality that we all need. It's a reality we all depend on. And yet at the same time, so few know it and know of him. I mean, Emily, you've been helping us with the Sacred Heart Columbus uh, apostolate and missionary effort. And now you're on the national front as well. I mean, what's been your experience of people knowing of the Sacred Heart?
1: Well, my experience has been exactly what you kind of summarized, Father, is people are longing for so much more in their life, and they don't know where to go. And yet when they discover the fruits that come from the enthronement of the sacred heart, really giving their heart and home to the Lord, so many huge blessings come into their life. It's like a floodgate of grace. And it doesn't mean that we're promising um, an easier morning necessarily, less struggle, less, you know, even your physical or emotional pain being taken away, but the Lord is going to carry you through it. And we're not promising perfection. No, we're not. <laughs> so, and I, nor do we require it. <laughs> I, I recently read, you know, the enthronement is not for the pious and the perfect, but really it's for all Catholics who are wanting to take the next step in their faith. And I'm just so encouraged. I hear these stories across the country of lives being transformed.
0: This radio program, we have been blessed to present to you as a result of the generosity of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and talk about a full buy-in. I mean, the people here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, they are beautiful examples and witnesses to the beauty and the power of the Sacred Heart, and it's really through their openness to the Holy Spirit that we're coming to you today and every First Friday, bringing to you uh, little tidbits and snippets of the beauty, the power, the glory, the life, and the grace that comes forth in the Sacred Heart. And we're not only blessed, and privileged to have Emily joining us in studio, but we have this incredible, incredible uh, person who has worked tirelessly to bring the Sacred Heart of Jesus to countless numbers of souls. The only tragedy, the only negative to his person is that he, he lives in Michigan.
2: Well, you know, Father... <laughs> I was supposed to introduce that, <laughs> and I was going to say in the state up north.
0: Uh, well, you used yeah, the I la- word. I lanced the blister right there, you know? <laughs> so we're just going to open that wound so we can have healing. <laughs> so.
2: But but he did remind me, so is David on, or can we connect David? David, good morning.
3: Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Emily. Good Welcome morning. to the glory
0: land of Ohio, yeah. even though just by voice. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: Well, David, um, well, good morning, and uh, this is David Tay, who's the Executive Director of Men of the Sacred Hearts, celebrating their 54th year in the state up north, uh, which is referred to up north, but we will say over the radio, Michigan, (laughs) And, uh, and David has been so supportive of our initiative here in Columbus in helping us launch Sacred Heart Columbus, Back in 2011, when I had the opportunity to call David, introduce myself, tell him I heard from John LaVasco, and John said, call David and he will do whatever you need in Columbus. And thank you, David. And so let's just start with this process of interviewing this morning, David, and tell us a little bit about your family growing up, and then uh, I want to know a little bit about the bet, how you got involved with the enrollment
3: Well, oh, great. Uh, you know, I guess that my earliest memory uh, goes back to probably when I was about five or six years old. We lived in a blue-collar neighborhood in the suburbs of Detroit, and uh, I saw the people across the street uh, piling out of their house and getting into a car on Sunday morning, and I asked my dad, where are they going? And my dad gave me a look. And uh, it was one of those looks that uh, kind of invited me not to carry this conversation on anymore, but he said church, and that was it. I just left it alone from there. My next, uh, you know, introduction, so to speak, well, I, I must say that, you know, the kids across the street that we played with them, of course, and I remember the uh, the two cute girls that lived across the street probably while we were Uh, 9, 10, 11, or 12 years old, uh, were reminding us that we're all going to hell, all of us people that were on the other side of the street that weren't going to church. So I was thinking, well, maybe this is something I need to look into a little bit more, but my world history teacher in high school, dear Miss Maple, uh, took our class to a uh, Lutheran church, a Catholic church, and a Jewish synagogue as part of our religious education, world religion, and uh, I remember the uh, the Lutheran church was. I think we got the uh, the Reverend up from a nap. He was not very inspiring, and he didn't really quite know what to tell us. Uh, the Catholic church was uh, uh, dark and uh, candles going and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the uh, the pastor there wasn't that interested in having uh, that long of an engaging conversation with us either. I uh, pointed out a few things that we didn't know, like he said, if you didn't, if you've never been in a Catholic church and somebody points and says that's the tabernacle, that's over your head. You have no idea what he's talking about. But the Jewish rabbi was the most engaging guy. He was amazing. He had us all come up, read from the Torah. He was pointing things out. He was uh, uh, delightful to be with. And I thought. Boy, if my dad would agree to it, I'd be Jewish. <laughs> I wasn't going over at our house. But then um, I, uh, I ended up in Vietnam uh, in the Marine Corps uh, in 1968-69. And, uh, you know, uh, I started going to the Catholic Mass because I kind of thought that, uh, I do remember the one thing that the priest said, uh, when we're doing real-world religion, is that the uh, Jesus started the Catholic Church, and I figured, well, I'm going to go to the church that he started. We'll, take, we'll just leave it at that. I don't have to go, don't need any other uh, credentials than that. But I also were getting in the communion line and receiving communion, and, uh, you know, I knew the chaplain probably figured out that I wasn't Catholic, but they didn't have a lot of interaction. I mean, these guys were roaming around the countryside. They didn't know who we were, et cetera, but... I always felt better after I had communion, uh, and uh, it just felt better. All went well till I got home, uh, married the cutest girl in Royal Oak, uh, my wife, who was my darling wife, and uh, she was Catholic, of course, and uh, I was uh, baptized because I had not been baptized. I was baptized when my daughter was baptized and confirmed and uh, uh, started going to church. But, uh, you know, Father, I, I hate to say it. I wasn't in the program yet. I was just going through the paces.
0: (laughs) Sure, yeah.
3: I didn't have that passion, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, totally, totally. Yeah,
3: that came later.
0: But I think that's one of the reasons why your words are so powerful, because we have a lot of people who, in God's providence, will tune into this radio program, either sitting at a desk or folding the laundry or driving on their way to work or running errands or maybe on their way to a sales pitch, and they're right there where you were. But Dave, you didn't stay there.
3: No, uh, you know, my we had friends that were, uh, their son was getting married, and we were put at a, a wedding reception table that I, I vaguely knew these people. My wife knew uh, his wife, but I vaguely knew these people. And we just, you know, if you're sitting at a table at a wedding reception, and we started talking and find out that we both kind of have an interest in football. And, you know, Father, this is where uh, I do believe this was divine. You know, because I opened my mouth and bet this guy <laughs> that the Detroit Lions could beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. There isn't a sane person in the world that would ever take that bet. Back in night in two thousand three, right? There was Brett Favre and all that. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> so obviously, I lost, and because I lost, uh, this gentleman Tom Finari, had just started uh, working with the men of the Sacred Hearts uh, in Troy. And he said, I, the, the bet was I had to go with them on a home enthronement. Um, I am ashamed to say that uh, I had never said a rosary before, but these guys made me feel right at home, uh, put a rosary in my hand and a pamphlet on how to say the rosary and even let me lead a decade later on. And as we carried the three-foot-tall statue of Our Lady of Fatima statue out of the house to go to the second house, uh it was a, uh, quite a life-changing experience. I felt a, a warmth like I walked under a heat lamp uh, in an early March 25-degree day. I mean, I felt that heat just beating down on my face and radiating from my chest. And I knew right then, as hokey as this sounds, my life had changed. I didn't know why, how, or what was going to happen. But I knew that there was going to be a change, and it was going to be significant.
0: You know, Dave, one of the promises our Lord makes is for those who spread the devotion, your name will be written in his heart forever, never to be effaced. Do you think when you felt that heat, that's, that's when you started to feel the, the reality that he wanted your name written in his heart?
3: I believe that. So less than a year later, I sold my twenty-seven foot sailbo- 27-foot long sailboat that I raced on the Great Lakes. I replaced all my marina friends— with uh, new friends that were Christ-based that led me closer to Christ. And uh, uh, I-, I started living a life that I felt like I had, I- I had made a, a, a crossed over into something that was a heck of a lot better than where I came from. And I think I could explain it like I, people talk about, you know, they're walking through life with, uh, you know, the big house, the big car, the big boat, you know, the big salary, the big job, you know, the corner office and all that stuff, but they feel like something is missing. That's where I was. When I did that first enthronement to the Sacred Heart, prayed for another family, I had no idea who these people were, of course. They were complete strangers to me. But that's where that hole filled up inside of me, and I felt like, wow, this is what I've been called to do. And here I am.
0: Now, over the course of time, he's pulled you up from being water boy to head coach of Sacred Heart, the Sacred Heart work
2: in Michigan, you know?
3: Yeah, well, you know, along the way, there's a lot of bumps and bruises, too, right, Chuck? <laughs> this is not an easy thing.
2: <laughs> well, David, now you're the executive director, and tell us a little bit about your chapter, and um, and particularly the focus, I know, that within your chapter, within your heart, is to have that opportunity to pray with families. How did that come about?
3: Chuck, it was a uh, an interesting day. Uh, it was maybe about eight or nine years ago. Uh and I work a team. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm a player coach like in hockey, you know, I don't sit in an office. I, I actually uh am one of the more active teams in the Men of the Sacred Hearts up here. But my team was at a house and uh, we walked in and we could feel there was tension in the air. Something was wrong. Uh mom and dad were sitting at they wanted to do this at the dining room table, which was about twenty feet long in a huge house and uh, Mom was at one side of the table, and the Dad was on the other side of the table, and their two boys, probably 9 and 12 years old, were sitting across the table from the five of us. And as we started praying, one of our guys said, I want to pray for your marriage. I want to pray that the love you had for each other when you knew you wanted to get married is rekindled and that your children, your boys, can see what a loving, respectful marriage should be. As we walked out of the house, we were all saying, where did that come? <laughs> I mean, that was unfold. I mean, we normally pray for the end of abortion, pray for world peace. You know, where did this come from? Well, when we, we were doing an enthronement every week then, and when we went back the next week, here, Vince and Rose are sitting next to each other at this big table, holding hands.
1: Well, David, I'm just, this is Emily. I'm just so aware of what you're doing in the Detroit area and beyond. And, you know, your story is so touching for many of us because, you know, um, having peace in the home, like we mentioned earlier, is, is a gift that God's offering us. And it begins with taking those first few steps of prayer. And I know the enthronement is an opportunity for a new beginning, and it's just an invitation to do that. So, Um, We thank you so much. And, you know, one of the things I don't think a lot of people know about what your involvement is, you guys have been doing this for 54 years. Isn't that correct? I mean, it's been... We have
3: 31 active teams today. We initially, uh, you know, not that long ago, we're at 45 active teams. But a lot of our members have been with us for uh, 30 and 40 years, and they're getting long in the tooth, so to speak. And (laughs) the statue of Our Lady of Fatima that's three-foot tall It's kind of heavy and awkward to carry, and they just don't feel comfortable carrying it anymore, so they're retiring. And um, we're looking for new people, as all of us are. Uh, You know, the Lord calls all of us in different ways, Emily, Uh, and I think that the problem that we all have today is that people are so busy with their lives. Satan has gotten gotten us so active doing everything else. that We can't hear Jesus and his mother calling us. To serve them a little bit for an hour or two a week,
1: you're you're right.
2: And David, I know as you started that journey with these prayer intentions with family, what you what you've experienced, and maybe just share with our audience that it's not about praying for the world peace; it's about just praying for family members.
3: Exactly, and one of the uh, the, the responses that we had when we figured out finally. Uh, eight years ago, that praying the personal intention before each decade of the rosary uh, for a family member, but more importantly, encouraging the family members to pray for each other in a personal way uh, brings peace to the family. And one just quick recent example is uh, we went into this uh, uh, beautiful home with a doctor, uh, and uh, he had three beautiful daughters, teenage daughters, and uh, as we're going along, uh, the Um, youngest daughter uh, says uh, she wanted to pray for the middle-aged daughter, the the middle child, right? That she stopped being an instigator and causing trouble within the family. (laughs) And, you know, the girl looked at her parents and she said, are you going to let her get away with that in front of the men of the sacred hearts? And the parents said, we agree with her. You know, you are an instigator and you need to figure out why you're causing problems all the time. Well, I'll tell you. The statue now is staying in homes for two weeks, so when we came back two weeks later, the girl was changed, and they were saying thank you. But see, what the problem is, the the issue is, is that the men of the Sacred Hearts didn't do anything. I think that's very important to make that clear. We're asking the Holy Spirit to come and help us. And with the opening of these prayer intentions before each decade of the Rosary, the Holy Spirit does come, and he, he... acts in a way that he can bring peace to the family. That's why people that have had the home enthronement once, they want to sign up for it again. You know, and we, we ask them to wait at least a year. I don't know what you guys do in Columbus, but, you know, we don't want to have the same people over and over again because we can't expose it to new people at that point in time. But it's a very powerful thing. When the family practices that true opening up to the Holy Spirit and praying what's in their heart, talking to Jesus and his mother, if you will, uh, the fruits of it are peace in the family. And that's one of the things that just about every house we go into, especially with teenagers, they come back and say it's been peaceful. Actually, As you can imagine, uh, we have a problem because our statue mold is worn out. We don't sell statues anymore, but we've had offers for significant dollars for that statue to stay in the
2: house. <laughs> yeah. and, and I know... David, that Father has always said to the missionaries here, is really all we're doing is bringing Jesus. This is allowing a family to encounter Jesus and the graces that come from that. And any thoughts on that, Father?
0: Well, I mean, knowing, uh, having firsthand experience of the success of the Men of the Sacred Hearts in Detroit as my family has had them come into their home, and they've welcomed you know the teams of the Men of the Sacred Hearts on the first and the last visit up in Shelby Township. and uh, It's incredible how we can so easily become, unfortunately, complacent with one another. We start to take one another for granted. A wife takes her husband for granted, the husband takes the wife for granted, the parents take the children for granted, the children take the parents for granted we take for granted the opportunity to be close to grandparents, but how much more so do we take for granted the gift of the Lord who's in our life? And when you invite, you know, if you're in the Detroit area, metro area, and you invite the men of the Sacred Hearts in, or if you're in Central Ohio or any of the areas where the missionary of the Sacred Heart uh, work to serve the Lord, when you invite these individuals in, they're not, as Dave said, they're not coming in to do anything particular themselves. The only thing they're Uh, coming is to bring the Lord and to help make him uh, stand out a bit more, you know, through that beautiful image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and especially by uh, introducing people to the power of prayer, the power of intercession through Our Lady, who so desperately wants us to have her Son, and uh, have um, the heart of her Son in our homes, so it's that we no longer take one another for granted by no longer taking the Lord for granted. And, you know, Dave, I just want to thank you and all of the men of the Sacred Hearts up in Detroit. You guys have worked so hard for so many years doing beautiful work, incredible work. And I know firsthand that my own family up in the Detroit area has benefited from your presence, your witness and your prayers and uh, know of our gratitude and prayers from down here in Ohio, because in a lot of ways you guys helped us get off the ground and get started.
2: And David, maybe in closing a little bit, Help our audience. What What do you say to a family that's listening right now or an individual that's listening right now? Why should I have my home enthroned? That's always the question. People are sort of on the fence. Do I do it, not do it? What is it that can help them have a greater understanding just to do it?
3: Well, I think that the, the primary focus... Uh, has to be uh, our children today. Uh, I don't think it's a secret that um, you know the Catholic religion is losing people to uh, uh, other faiths or they're just walking away altogether. Uh, it came to my attention uh, you know some months ago because I teach seventh grade catechism to 12 and 13 year old uh, kids that go to public schools. and we always start class before with a personal intention. Each kid gives a personal attention. And the number of intentions that the children have where they are fearful for their safety while going to school or fearful for their parents' safety while they're at work is astounding. And I've mentioned this to a couple of the parents about, do you talk to your children about that? And they said, no, they've never mentioned it to me. But you know, from a standpoint, with our busy lives today, parents and children sometimes have a problem sitting down and having a real meaningful conversation about what's going on in their life. So I would suggest that you use the sacred heart of Jesus and his mother as a vehicle to open up these lines of communication with your spouse or with your children so there can be a dialogue. If the dialogue's not with mom and dad, it's with Jesus. At least mom and dad gets to hear it then and can take actions to try to make sure that, you know, the child feels safe. You imagine a child growing up today feeling fearful. I mean, that's just it, it hurts my soul to think of that.
1: Well, David, you know, when we say that little yes and to something such as, you know, you were willing to follow through on a bet and go to an enthronement and now, you know, you're serving as the executive director and you're also not just um, talking about the faith, but you're also in and out of homes. I think it's such an important witness and you know, one of the things I'll do is I'll link um the, men of the sacred on our Facebook page and update this so that, you know, maybe you have family in the Detroit area that you could connect with the, men of the sacred you know, because part of this is building this community of love where we offer hope to other people. Um, and also, I think it's neat that you guys have a phone number even, right? Do you get calls where people call in and, you know, uh, schedule their enthronements and share their intentions? So, uh, you know, maybe do you have any final words on that?
3: Well, the men of the hearts is plural, is our website, it's the best way to get there. But I would also just take a second to uh, uh, put a plug in for the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, because as uh, Chuck and I were working on getting Columbus off the ground, we recognized that there was a lot of people outside of an area where a missionary or a man of the Sacred Hearts could actually come and visit the home but there was still a desire to have Jesus in the home and a home enthronement. And I think that with that that opportunity to send a kit with everything you need to do this yourself, remember I said the men of the Sacred Hearts don't bring anything special to the party. We're just nothing more than a roadie crew or a <laughs> blessed mother. Uh, it's uh, the family's willingness to open up to the Sacred Heart that brings the blessings.
2: Well, David, you know, I know as we talked about uh, taking this throughout the United States and uh, partnering between, um, and you can see how it can work, the two chapters up in Michigan and Ohio, chapters, and now we have Birmingham. And I just returned from a men's conference in Milwaukee uh, where we were able to introduce uh, the enthronement uh, to 3,000 men and uh, 58 self-enthronement kits Uh, Men took home uh, from the conference, and more are ordering online. Uh, You can see the hunger and the need that families had, and that need is Jesus Christ and his church, the sacraments, and we happen to bring a wonderful vehicle in the homes, and that's Jesus. So we can't thank you enough, David, uh, for joining us this morning, all that you've done to help Columbus and many other apostolates, the upper part of Michigan and throughout the United States, and really taking that devotion that the enthronement Center uh, was promoting and now allowing that network uh, to continue. And as Emily is the director of the apostolate today, we see the fruits because of your yes and that bet So that bet has allowed us to be on the air today. (laughs) So we thank you, David, and God bless you, and God bless your family, and God bless men of the Sacred Hearts.
3: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here.
0: Thank you, David. And as we bring to a close this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of April, we invite you to join us together as brothers and sisters before the Lord Jesus. O Most Holy Heart of Jesus, Fountain of Every Blessing, We adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you this poor heart of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do. and the grace of a holy death, amen. Amen. Let us pray with St. Augustine for the purity, the kindness, and the humility that help us temper our anger and bad moods. God our Father, You who exhort us to pray to You, You who give us what has been asked of You, I am shivering in the darkness. Listen to me and stretch out Your hand to me. Let me see Your light. Bring me back from my errors. Bring it about, that under your guidance, I may return again to
2: myself and to you. Amen.
4: I went paddleboarding with my family recently. It took forever to get there. The AC stopped working my van. I couldn't find parking. The paddleboard pump broke. By the time we were ready to have family fun, I was ready to explode on everyone. I was miserable. Now, if I may examine my conscience on radio with you, everything I just complain about is the problem of a blessed person. I have a car, paddleboards, kids, and I'm at a safe state park in the story. I was frustrated because I was trying to manage my blessings. So often, that's exactly what frustrates us. We've got to get the kids to school, make their lunches, run off to work. Stop. Think. Thank. You have kids, food, and a job. All blessings. But if you don't get intentional about counting them as blessings, you'll end up miserable and cranky. We need to stop and pause and take stock of what's actually going on and give thanks often. Then we can have perspective and joy even in the midst of the chaos. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com.
5: Did you know that your body has a theology? Children like to ask why questions all the time. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Have you ever thought of asking, God, why did you create me? We first need to understand who God is to better understand why he made us. God is three persons in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a great mystery, but what we know is that they live in eternal exchange of love. Simply put, God is love. So why did God create us? He created us out of love so we could share in this love. What an amazing gift, calling the world to existence from nothing, just for the love of you and me. I'm Clarissa Chichioko for Creative Catholic Works. For more on the theology of the body, you can find us at creativecatholicworks.org.
0: And welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this first Friday of the month of April. As we enter into this next segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, we invite you to join us. And offering our hearts to the Lord and also praying for the intention of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for the month of April. The Holy Father's intention for this month is for doctors and their collaborators in war zones. That for those doctors and their humanitarian collaborators in war zones who risk their lives to save the lives of others, they may be kept safe from all harm and given peace of mind and heart as they serve their brothers and sisters in humanity. So we turn to the daily covenant renewal of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most dear sacred heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families and the night that comes upon us later on and help us to live that we might get to heaven and live and reign with you forever. Amen. Amen. A necessary part of the First Friday, of course, is the opportunity to attend Holy Mass and to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. You know, Chuck and Emily, here we are live on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this First Friday, and uh, just from your own words, like, what is the significance of First Friday for you? We know that this day is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but what is it that drives you to live out the First Friday of the month? Well, I think for, I'm throwing a curveball at you. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I think so. for myself
2: being a convert, I mean, I, you know, just like David's talk and his witness talk in the first half hour, this was all new to me. But I think now that I've experienced going to Mass every first Friday, it's like a priority, Father. It's totally. like I Absolutely. need it. And then I'm accepting and I want to accept all the graces the Lord wants to, that He's promised for us that make the first Fridays, and I believe in those promises that at the hour of death, he will bring all the sacraments, everything that I need in order to receive and be ready to join him in heaven, and that's my ultimate goal, and I thought this morning at St. Andrew's at the 630 Mass, Father Lehi, his homily was on the Sacred Heart. Yeah. And I think, Father, you have a Mass tonight, right?
0: Yes, yes, at my parish, yeah.
2: What, yeah. And that's at Holy Family at what time?
0: 7 p.m. 7 p.m. every first Friday, we offer that Mass for the workers who, during the day, are not able to go to one of the morning Masses or midday Masses. We also have Mass at 12.15, but as a lot of people have to work or parents uh, are you know, preoccupied with their children to make sure the children are taken care of, a lot of times those day Masses are hard to make. So we have Mass at 7 p.m. at the church.
2: Well, Emily, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, really, the first Friday is an opportunity for renewal and re- and really making your faith a priority and evaluating, you know, where, where do I stand with the Sacred Heart? And recently, I've been um, reflecting on that Jesus's heart is big enough for all of our pain, all of our sorrow, all of our difficulties. And I think that is really important to know that our Lord doesn't, you know— he wants to carry us through that. He wants to give us his love so then we can go forth and spread that love to other people. So I find um, the first Friday an opportunity, and it's it's a, an experience that I, I'm so thankful that I've continued to say yes each month to. And I have to admit, there was a first Friday I was sitting at a restaurant, and I was going to go to Mass. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, I have to start over again. And my husband, who took me on this wonderful date, he's like, What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, I missed the first Friday mass. And I was like, counting, you know, I'm six months into it. And he's listening and he's like, Emily, don't you think it's just about the ongoing journey too? And I said, yeah, it's about our humanity and starting over. And I'm so grateful. For every first Friday, because it's not just about the nine and exactly, done. Exactly. Yeah. It's about living the life of the right. first Friday devotion. So I, uh, I have to confess, I wasn't at mass <laughs> with you. I was at dinner, but gotta um, love
0: those public confessions. Yeah, right public there on the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And now your public penance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but
1: no, starting <laughs> fresh, and um, I think I, you know, I'm always running that little tally in my head, what what number am I on with my First Fridays?
0: <laughs> and the yeah. Lord invites us to do nine First Fridays as a, a novena, a novena of nine First Fridays, living out that period of intense prayer. Uh, imitating the apostles and Our Lady from that period of time between when Our Lord ascended into heaven and when that powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit occurred at Pentecost, just reliving that, that period of time involving the number nine. That's where the novena comes from, Nine First Fridays. But as we all go through life and we stumble, we fall, we stand up and walk again, it's such a beautiful, powerful reminder to, it's like what matters is the the first friday acknowledging that every friday is a day to understand the power of love as it's exhibited in the passion of jesus on the cross but the first friday is an opportunity for us to make an act of reparation for that love that's oftentimes not accepted or ignored or betrayed or denied and You know, as we have listeners joining in from all different walks of life and all different kinds of addresses and duties, you know, please keep in mind that here at the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we welcome your questions, whether it's about First Friday Mass, adoration, confession, or the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. If you've already enthroned, you know, and you wish to have a renewal and how to go about that, 614 459-4820, or go to enthronements.com. Two different ways to get a hold of us. And uh, when you welcome the sacred heart of Jesus into into your home, into your life, he gives you this grace to be open to the gifts that he will give. And our local church here in the Diocese of Columbus, we've received a new gift. We've received the gift of a new bishop, Bishop Robert Brennan, who is just totally delightful. I mean, We've been so blessed with the bishops we've we've had. Bishop Campbell, who's very fatherly and gentle. You know, when you're listening to him on the radio, you're kind of like lulled into a, a slumber, you know, where you're able to listen. But at the same time, you just have this peace. You know, you can listen to what he has to say. And then now we have Bishop Robert Brennan, who just has this fiery love. Uh, it's really contagious. And it was so beautiful to see uh, he, Bishop Campbell, and Bishop Griffin together. And we've, we're very blessed to have our two uh, emeritus bishops here. And so blessed to see how the Lord has provided for our needs and giving us one shepherd after another. And now we enter into this new time of leadership, servant leadership, as he likes to call it, Bishop Robert Brennan. So with such uh, joy and gratitude, you know, for those of us who acknowledge the power of his heart, we're able to then welcome the gifts he gives to us. It's a bit of a shocker when you talk to people and they're like, what do you mean we have a new bishop? And it's like, how do you not know we have a new bishop? We pray for him at every Mass, you know? But it just shows how we can become complacent. We can go to Mass and not even realize there's a change. And it's like, for the one who lives with the heart of Jesus, no, you, you're able to see how the Lord is working. You're able to see and appreciate how the Lord is working. Whether it's like our guest from the last segment, David Tay, who just opened himself to an invitation. He went to that wedding reception, got to know someone at his table, made a bet. Ended that up was losing. a bad bet too. <laughs> it was a horrible bet. <laughs> that bet was not prompted by the Holy Spirit in no. the wording. Yeah. The, the encounter was, but not the wording at all. But uh, we can see how even the Holy Spirit will work with a loss. You,
2: know? <laughs> you just don't no. win in Green Bay. No. But I thought, as you said, how beautiful the church is. And I think uh, the Church of Seasons, Father. Oh, yeah, totally. It's the yeah. church of allowing bishops, new apostles of Christ to sure. come in. Yeah, um, it's it's really, you know, for our priests uh, when they have to leave one parish and go to another parish. Yeah, uh, it's always that rebuilding the king. It's all about Jesus.
0: Yeah, the Lord is there. Yeah, it's the faces of those Jesus. who are working for it might change, but the Lord is there. You yeah, know, and we're so blessed. We are very blessed.
2: And also, Father, I know you've talked about this being the season of the heart. Well, Lent,
0: I mean, how could you not say that Lent is not a season of the heart? I mean, it's all about drawing close to the Lord in His passion. And in His passion, what is the centerpiece oftentimes? That sacrificial love. And from where does that love originate, if not in the divine, sacred heart He carries within Him for us? And, you know, Lent is such a beautiful opportunity for us to, what, render our hearts, not our garments, you know? And we begin the season by bearing the cross on our foreheads with ash, reminding people and ourselves, you know— Death does not scare me because I follow the Lord, who is the giver of life.
2: Say that again. Death
0: does not scare me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you made I, me panic. I was like,
0: <laughs> did I just say heresy? <laughs> no,
2: I think it's good for all of us to hear that. <laughs> no, it's because so that's yeah. such a fear for oh, those yeah. that are in that process. Yeah. But it shouldn't fear no. us,
0: and we become fearful of change. We become fearful of change in leadership, and fearful of change in the family life. And you know, and how many people begin this holy season by saying. Well, in the Gospels, didn't we just hear about how Jesus told us to do our penances behind closed doors and we're not supposed to be wearing our ashes on the front and you know being noticeable in our fasting and almsgiving? And well, that's all true. But the cross that we wear with the ashes, that's not a public statement that we are sinners. That's not a public statement that we are praying. That's not even a public statement that we're giving. That's a public statement that we are not afraid of death. We you bear know, the cross on our forehead with ashes, reminding people, it's like, my hope is in heaven, and the Lord is the path to that hope.
2: You know, for people listening, two uh, questions they have. The first question always is, "What? how long is this going to take? And we say it's very easy. It's one hour for preparation. It's preparing all week. And I know, Father, you believe in that preparation phase, because that's the time you're getting ready to bring jesus in as the king brother and yeah. friend and then it's an hour for the enthronement phase and really that can be the best two hours of your family and i thought of this gentleman i visited in milwaukee dick bergmeyer and he's had two strokes but they've enthroned their house to jesus and they have those images right in their living room and he said chuck this is where I come to pray every day. Yeah. And I say to him, well, Dick, I say to myself, I'm rounding third going home. <laughs> and Dick says, I tell people I'm on the bench. <laughs> yeah. And I think there is something, whether you're on the bench, whether you're rounding first. Yeah. And I know, yeah. Emily, for you and in a younger generation, I, you don't even think about it. But the graces that have come to your family with the enthronement. That's probably what has led you to be here today.
1: Well, I do think about it. I actually tried to count my blessings each morning and reflect on what God's doing in my life. And I I remember a number of years ago, kneeling down before the image of the Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart and pouring my heart out and asking the Lord to help my family, give us direction, you know, lead us where we need to be. And, you know, the Lord hears each and every one of those prayers. And I think that's important for people to understand that this our god is a trustworthy god he is you know able to stabilize us help us and really be there for us in those moments and i still remember that prayer and then i look now at all my involvement each and every day with the enthronement and you know we package these kits we get them out we receive your orders and you know it's such a privilege to be able to bring jesus to other people and i wanted to briefly say that you know we started this new newsletter in january and it, the number of people that sign up continue to to grow, and it's really an, a desire to bring people closer to the Jesus Christ and help them to honor the Sacred Heart in their home. So if you are not signed up for that newsletter, it's free. It's right at enthronements.com. And this month, we have the testimony from last week, from last month, from Bill um, Hanger. Hanger, and also from Jeff Sollinger. We have different you know, um, ways to grow closer to the heart of Jesus. So may, you know, this is a season of growth. This is a season of the heart of Christ and, and, um, new beginnings.
2: Well, father, maybe just share. We talk about the preparation phase. Yeah. We talk about the enthronement phase. Yeah. Is that it, Father?
0: No, then there's life. (laughs) Then there's the rest of life, you know. And a lot of times we get very practical questions about how to bring the sacred heart into your home. And then after that, how do you do the enthronement of the sacred heart? And it's like, oh, there's preparation phase, you know, like, that's a lot of time. And it's like, now wait a minute. What do you think Lent is for Easter? Lent is the preparation for the resurrection. Lent is that opportunity to render your heart, not just your garments, but to render your heart. And it takes time. And so we have this preparation phase where we learn... It doesn't have to be a perfect preparation. There's no such thing as a perfect preparation. You know, There are days where we are successful and days where we're not. But to just open ourselves up to the, the graces and the glory of the living Lord, entering into the enthrallment where we make that covenant with him, the Lord Jesus, to be our king, brother, and friend in our home. And then, of course, the game begins, which is life, living the life. You know, If I'm challenging you right now, if you're listening to this uh, program live or if you're going to listen to it later on, and you go home, And you pull up into the driveway or you pull into the garage or you're parking on the curb and you just have that temptation to sigh because you don't want to walk to the front door because of what might be waiting for you. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us have been there. We're all like, I just wish I could just stay in my car, (laughs) you know, but I know I've got to get out and walk through that door. I don't know what's waiting for me. Okay, that right there, that is the perfect experience that God is using to teach you. You need his heart in that home. You need his heart on the other side of that door so that whether it's a dirty diaper, a backed up sink, a broken this, a broken that, an argument that wasn't resolved, a lack of peace, uh, conflict among the kids, you know, a breakdown in conversation with the spouse. Whatever is leading you to sigh and hesitate to walk through the door of your home, that is the Lord telling you right now, you need my heart in that home. And if my heart is in that home, you need to honor and venerate my heart. Because we shouldn't have that delay. We shouldn't have that hesitation to return to the home, which is supposed to be our refuge. And we see people running down and running low and being running ragged. And you say, well, are you resting? Are you getting any peace? No. Well, why not? What's wrong at home? Well, I don't even know how to put it in words. And it's like, well, I don't know what is wrong in the home, but I'll tell you this. The Lord's heart is not there. And if his heart has been brought in, he's not being given attention. Because you're acting as if you're God and everything's on your shoulders, and it's not the case. God, let God be God. Acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Acknowledge him as the Christ, the anointed one. Acknowledge Jesus as the Lord, the God, the Almighty. And he will take that burden off of you. But we have to have that humility
2: you know, Father, I know for myself, after our enthronement, and we have the images like so many now, over 2,500 in central Ohio, and I go by the image, and this is what our Lord wants. He doesn't want just to be exposed, but he wants to be honored.
0: Loved and honored, honored totally.
2: And part of honoring is I stop and say, uh, Jesus, I put my family under you today, I put my grandchildren under you today. It's a moment of reflection. Absolutely. That's why we have the image, yeah.
0: right? It's a moment of humility. It's a basically a moment of admitting, I'm the creature, you're the creator. <laughs> you are the word, and I'm listening. Speak, O Lord, your servant is listening. And we have, the Holy Spirit gave us this line. It's not credited to any one of us, but the Holy Spirit just placed it in our hearts. You know, If you want a home in his heart for eternity, for right now, In this present moment, if you want a home in his heart, bring his heart into your home and that'll help you live the season of Lent. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I am totally convinced through the teachings and the preachings and the just awesome example of beautiful priests and sisters and people in my family, my grandparents and my parents, my aunts and uncles, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us. So I get a bit frustrated when someone's like, I I wish I could hear the Holy Spirit like you hear that. It's like, he is speaking to you. (laughs) The Lord is speaking to all of us. And if we can't hear him, it's because we've chosen not to. And that's a hard acknowledgement. But bring his heart into your home and start to listen. Pay attention to reality. And One of the beautiful things, God's providence comes to us in the unfolding of reality. And if we have that his heart as our heart, we not only have the flexibility to cope with change, to be able to survive change, but also to be able to look forward to it. And looking ahead, just around the corner, we have Holy Week. And please, for those of you who are listening, I ask you, I beg you, I implore you, live Holy Week. Don't just go to Holy Mass on Easter Sunday. Live Holy Week. Uh, go, If you can, go to the Chrism Mass at St. Joseph's Cathedral, 6 p.m. on Tuesday of Holy Week. On Thursday, go to your parish's Mass of the Lord's Supper. You know, participate in the First Mass, which was the Last Supper, the Institution of the Priesthood, the Institution of the Eucharist. On Good Friday, venerate the wood of the cross. Listen to the words of the Passion. These words were spoken for your benefit. Holy Saturday, consider going to the Vigil. And if you can't go to the Vigil, pray for those who are entering into the Church. Holy Mother of the Church, she who is ever ancient, but on Easter Vigil, totally new. New people have just entered. And then, of course, the glory of Easter Sunday. I mean, you want to celebrate Easter Sunday. If you want Easter Sunday to be something special and incredible, live Holy Week. And you will never be so excited that Jesus has come out of that tomb and brought life to us. And, you know, we were thinking and praying, and it's just a good way to keep in mind, you know, Holy Thursday, Jesus gives his heart to humanity in the Eucharist. Good Friday, he allows his heart to be pierced out of love for us. Holy Saturday, his heart beats in silence. You know, for us. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, his heart comes back in fullness of glory. You know, and a lot of times we hear from people about what can I have in my home? You know, what should I have in my home? And of course, we're uh, encouraging, inviting, imploring, and begging that you have his heart there. But I always tell people three images of Jesus every Catholic home should have the crucifix, the image of the Sacred Heart, and the image of the Divine Mercy. Now, you don't have to have them all in the same corner. You have a house, you have an apartment, you have a condo, you have a space. Put those images of our Lord anywhere and everywhere, but have the crucifix in your home. The crucifix reminds us of Jesus who gives us life. He gives us life from the cross. The sacred heart of Jesus reminds us that he is the one who sustains our life. Through his heart, he sustains our life. He gives us peace and grace. And of course, the divine mercy image reminds us that Jesus is the one who restores our life through mercy, forgiveness, reconciliation. All of these beautiful things given to us in our holy faith.
2: Well, I think also, as families are preparing for Holy Week, you have to have a plan. You you just can't wake up on Thursday, but you want to know where are you going to go to Mass? What are you going to be doing on Good Friday? What are you going to be doing between 12 and 3, uh, that hour of the crucifixion, the Passion, and then... Um, preparing on Saturday. I love it when you said his heart is beating. Yeah. But then he rises on Sunday. Right. And as we know um, today, the other thing of helping to think about this devotion is the family prayer. And the question is, on Easter, what is going to happen at the family meal? Are we going to, first of all, pray, for those who have been enthroned, it's a great time to renew your covenant prayer as a family. So just think about having a plan. Yes, Emily.
1: And I just was going to comment. Um, you made such a good point, Dad, about preparation. And I think as busy families, a lot of times we're thinking about maybe the Easter bunny bringing something, or what do I have to have here or there, or what the kids' outfits are going to look like for Sunday. But I think this is a great opportunity as Father— and. Um, Stated earlier that we're, you know, we're over the halfway mark of Lent. This is really the time to evaluate how are we going to go into our um, Holy Week. How are we going to help our family? And a lot of times, sharing those expectations with our children, you know, and and setting those expectations ahead of time on what what are you know where are we going to be? Where are we going to go to mass? And that we are going to go to mass because sadly, many Catholic families are not entering into the many graces offered to us. So. I really think that putting it on your calendar, making it happen, and you know, I wanted to share that when we gather as an Easter family, you know, we always do renew our enthronement covenant as a family. We we do that together, and my dad uh, leads that, and the men participate with some of the readings. And I think it's an opportunity to incorporate the Sacred Heart devotion with each um, holy celebration. And uh, so that's such a great time. and,
2: And Father, we've often said, just take a step. Just one step. One
0: step at a time. Total. Just one step. And, you know, for some families, they're like, this is like a—it's like this is all foreign to me. I've never heard any of this. And it's like, just take a baby step. If you've got family coming together to celebrate the Paschal festivities, the resurrection of the Lord, you know, just consider putting a little image of the Sacred Heart on your dining room table or the kids' table. You know, I mean, it's sad to say, but for some families, they're like, how do we even initiate prayer? How do we introduce prayer without a total rebellion? It's like, well, why don't you just introduce the image of Jesus, you know? I mean, in my family, in the Polish culture, we had the blessing of Easter baskets, which was on Holy Saturday morning which was like it was a, trying to get the engines revved up to celebrate Sunday. And those kind of little, those little things go a long way in helping us to get excited. Did that devotion come from Poland? I started in Eastern Europe. Eastern yeah. Europe. Not the Easter basket of the eggs. This is the Easter basket where you take to the church on Holy Saturday to have blessed by the priest, and it has a sampling of all the foods that will be eaten on Easter Sunday.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, did,
2: we didn't get that in Scotland. <laughs> Scottish roots could not baskets. That That's <laughs> But you're saying bring samples. Do you do that at Holy we Family? We do,
0: yeah. Holy Family, we have the Easter basket blessing. We have it in English at um, 10 a.m., I believe, and then in Polish at noon. So,
2: How long does it take? Oh,
0: like 15 minutes.
2: So is that open to anybody? Sure. Bring absolutely, your basket? Totally. Yeah,
0: look up Holy Family. Find the bulletin. Find the different foods that can be included, and they'll be blessed. And then you save those for the Easter meal on the next day to celebrate the Resurrection. And, uh, you know, we just want to offer a sincere note of gratitude and thanks to all of you who have joined us in the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of April. We offer our prayers and ask you to join us in praying for the restoration of health of Joanne, who's feeling under the weather, and everybody whose immune systems are under attack because of the changing temperatures and snowflakes one day, daffodils the next, you know, so we have all of this, but we unite ourselves in prayer, we pray for one another as one family, and coming from the Sacred Heart family here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, We offer you our prayers that together we, as the mystical body of Christ, the people of God, the family of God, may eagerly await the resurrection of our beautiful Savior, the Lord Jesus. And we conclude by entrusting ourselves to him. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. Be thou our king forever. In you we have full and entire confidence May your spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen.
2: Amen.
4: This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820 on
0: WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR New Boston Portsmouth